0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Hey, we got the phone lines open for you for this full hour of Montana Talks today. 406-294-0970. Anything and everything you want to talk about. I'm also really glad we've got John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, sidekicking with us on this Tuesday as well. Really glad that we've got uh, John sidekicking with us here. Uh he's a retired uh, federal law enforcement officer. He served overseas as well. Uh, as an Iraq, Afghanistan veteran. Uh, of course, I've served overseas also. Uh, John, this was this was a while back uh, and we had a great veteran at a Shelby, Montana call into the show. And and it was just kind of a random phone call, but he was spot on. He said, he said, guys, I'm getting so sick of the abuse of flag proclamations right now. Do you remember that caller? Oh, yeah. They, and this veteran said, guys, this is supposed to be a very special thing when we lower the flags to half-staff or to half-mast on the ships. It happens all the time now. It doesn't matter who the politician is. All oh, the flags have been lowered to half-staff. And I totally agreed with what he had to say there because it seems like the flags are always at half-staff and and that flag's supposed to be flying high. And if we lower those flags, it, it better be for a very special reason. Um, and the reason I bring that conversation up is is because... I fully believe that that for Pete's sake, if, if our country should lower the flags for anybody who has passed away, we should lower the flags for Toby Keith. Because of what that what that man has done for our country, uh, for patriotism, for love for America, and what he has done for our troops, especially since the 9-11 terror attacks. If we're going to lower the flags for anybody, let's lower them for Toby Keith.
2: <laughs> and, and, and those days where that kind of, say, bipartisan respect for somebody who was a patriot are long gone. If you even got a message through to the Biden White House about lowering the flags for Toby Keith, a guy who was an obvious um, conservative guy – you, you would; they wouldn't even pick up the phone.
1: Well, and he's a conservative guy, but he was never a partisan. In fact, I think for a long time he was uh, technically was a, a voted Democrat, and I don't know, you know. But, but either way, regardless of how he voted or how he affiliated with himself, the guy constantly was going to iraq afghanistan and elsewhere i mean i was kind of joking you know uh, earlier with uh, with evan and belt about how you know, he was at camp ramadi either before or after i got there he was at combat outpost wilderness apparently either before or after i got there so i never got a chance to see him in iraq or afghanistan myself but man especially given the news that toby keith uh, passed away uh here over the past 24 hours i'm so glad that i got to see toby keith at the Metra in Billings, Montana, back in May of 2021. And he's a young guy. They said, what, is he 62? Yeah, well, only and, early and, 60s.
2: And, you know, of course, obviously very, very wealthy. got taken down by stomach cancer. And that, that tells you that if a guy with his money, that stomach
1: cancer can still get him, that tells you that, you know, they don't have a cure out there. He fought his fight with grace and courage. That was a, a part of the message from the family shared. Yeah, uh, t- country singer Toby Keith. Uh, died Monday at the age of 62. We've got some song requests from our listeners out there that want to hear some Toby Keith songs. So one of our favorites, uh, talking about Afghanistan. We'll get to that more coming up right after this.
0: This is where Montana Talks.
1: Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Uh, We're going to get to your phone calls here in just a a few minutes. 406-294-0970. John Jackson, the Joker from uh, Twitter, sidekicking with us here this morning as well. John, when I first got the news, I I think uh, driving into the radio studios this morning, heard the news over the radio that that Toby Keith had passed away. Man, and my immediate thought was how lucky I was to have gotten to see Toby Keith in concert, uh, because, and, and think about how, how lucky uh, we were. For those who got to go to that concert here in, in Billings, Montana, at the Metro back in May of 2021, there weren't a lot of concerts that were being allowed in America back in May of 2021. Remember, Kenny Chesney was supposed was supposed to play Bobcat Stadium in Bozeman, but you had some tyrannical local officials there that made it a little hard to put on those types of events in in Gallatin County, thankfully, the fine folks at the Billings Metro, they got the wrestling tournament going, they got the basketball tournaments up and going, and we had Toby Keith, the first major concert since the COVID lockdowns, and I was there, and there was hardly a mask in sight, uh, there was just a sea of people that were just moving with everything it was so incredible to see. It was like, this is America, this is Montana, this is Toby Keith, this is freedom right here. It was such an incredible feeling to be a part of. And I and, and I went back, I was like, oh thankfully I did. I wrote about it back on May twenty-third of twenty twenty-one. Seventy one hundred patriots packed the Metro for Toby Keith and Billings.
2: And everything you're talking about right there, Aaron, was made possible. How? Because we voted in a Republican governor that took off all those idiotic restrictions and allowed people to go about their lives.
1: That's right. And, and people in Yellowstone County in particular pushed back against these insane health officers that were pushing these insane policies and these insane mask mandates. And and we also had great community servants like, like Bill Dutcher at the Metro at the time who made sure that kids could still play basketball and mom and dad and grandma and grandpa could still come and watch. And, uh, and think about it. Had that concert not taken place, think about it. I, I mean, I've been on a few deployments over my career uh, in the military and uh, not as many as, as some of you. I never got a chance to see Toby Keith, but I did in Billings, Montana. But if it wasn't for patriots like you and our other listeners out there that pushed back against these lockdowns and those mandates and that nonsense, never would have gotten to see him before he passed away. For being on Twitter and having
2: so many friends out there that I met on Twitter from all these other states – you heard the horror stories and you would see people hear about people in tears, the adults and children in tears, their, their businesses closed for years, their schools and churches closed for years. It was, it was horrendous.
1: Well, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people, uh, a lot of our listeners already sending us song requests of uh, Toby Keith's uh, songs to play. Like, of course, one of the best is Should Have Been a Cowboy. That's a great one, especially for those of us that didn't get to uh, the blessing of growing up on a ranch and we grew up in town instead. Uh, but, John, you spent some time in some caves in Afghanistan. And, uh, well, I spent some time in some caves in Afghanistan and. It wasn't North Afghanistan; it was East Afghanistan. You were probably down in the poppy fields down in Southern Afghanistan, but uh, but uh, Brian and Billings, he really wanted us to play the the Taliban song by Toby Keith. So let's just do a little bit of this one uh, because really Toby Keith, he sang for the troops in America first and foremost.
3: Middle-aged, Middle Eastern camel herding man, a little two-bedroom cave here in North Afghanistan used to be real nice
0: when they got out of hand since they moved in they call themselves the Taliban mm, yeah, the Taliban mm, yeah, the Taliban be
1: oh yeah Oh anyway just just a classic. Oh. But, uh, you know, I think I always joke that whenever you're in studio with us, it's the most unwoke hour of the week. And I think one of the most unwoke things that you said, Tim and Savage responded, he's like, did John Jackson just refer to the Taliban guys as a bunch of goat humpers in Afghanistan? Yeah, he did.
2: Yeah. That doesn't but, sound like something I would say at all. Now, <laughs> man, <did it>? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best What do you say? You think that's Brad Paisley in the background? I think it was, it was Brad Paisley right there, the yeah. the Taliban, baby. It was <laughs> like a little pop at the end the Taliban baby. Well, you know, for for those of us who lived through that time, you know, that of course that was war. It was serious. We had been attacked, you know, no nine eleven. And we're at war, and when you have a guy like like Toby Keith come out with a song like that, that
1: brings a little bit of levity to it, a little bit, of, lets people laugh for a minute, you know, that was really important. Well, yeah. although, man, I got to tell you, it, it, there's a whole new spin on that song now. Things used to be real nice till they moved in. Mm. Uh, things used to be real nice here in America till they moved in. Yep. The drug cartels, the fentanyl, the, and so, like... But it's a reminder that, you know, that wasn't just a song like Toby Keith was historically accurate. Young women used to wear skirts and like uh, and go to school and college in Kabul in the like the 1950s and the 1960s. They were dressed like Jackie Onassis Kennedy. Until they moved in. And so how quickly a society can change and a culture can change and how quickly American society and culture is changing? Well, from all accounts, because I knew one of one of the people in my agency that worked there
2: pre-Soviet invasion, worked in Afghanistan. And they said it was a lot like Beirut was. I mean, you're talking a very, very modern, um, up and coming city, particularly Kabul. And then after, when the Russians invaded, the Taliban came in. It has never been the same.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. And you mentioned Lebanon. Hmm. Immigration matters. Borders matter. Lebanon used to be a peaceful country, a Christian country. Then there's a whole thing about borders and uh, Muslim migration. And now it's a terrorist safe haven lobbing missiles well, At our friends in Israel, you see that's why the Egyptians are not letting one Palestinian cross their border. Yeah, maybe they're onto something. Huh? Maybe they're onto something. All right, let's get to Francis and Big Fork and more of your calls right after this.
0: This is where Montana talks. You're listening to Montana Talks with Aaron
1: Fletch. All right, phone lines are open for you. Anything and everything you want to talk about here. Montana Talks, the show where you get to talk. Uh, Francis in Big Fork, great to hear from you. What's on your mind this morning?
4: Well, I was just thinking, I mean, Toby Keith is great. And I was glad you got to see him once. And that you missed him in Afghanistan. But... I would like to say that Chester, I think we all should call Chester today and tell him we do not want him ever to be in this state. He can stay in Washington and keep his bad votes because he voted against us again, and he lies on his ad, he's for vets, but the vet but the illegal aliens are getting in before the vets do.
1: Yeah, he's the chairman of the Veterans Affairs Committee, and yet the VA is using VA workers to process claims for illegal illegal aliens. And then yesterday he came out and says he supports this sham of a so-called border deal that would make our border crisis worse. John Tester basically yesterday endorsed legislation that would allow more illegal aliens to enter this country every year than the entire size of the population of the state of Montana.
4: I know it's ridiculous, you know, but he doesn't care. All he cares is how much money they pay him to be a traitor.
1: All right, Francis, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, John Jackson, uh, yeah, before I get to our next caller here, um, just crazy that that John Tester thinks somehow this so-called border deal would be popular with the people of Montana when every indication is that this would actually make it worse.
2: Well, uh, first of all, we need to address the rumor that we saw on one of the um, one of your messages here, Aaron, is supposedly back in the day. Francis got backstage at a Toby Keith concert and had fired one up with him and Willie. Oh. It got, got a little crazy. That's hey, you know, I, I, that's just a rumor, right? Shit. Francis could tell us if that's true. I, I, you know, just a rumor, just passing it
1: on. You know what? Actually, no. I'll bet you Francis is. You know, she could take him out in that in that uh, that bar. You know where everybody's at. She'd take him out. She'd beat him at pool. She's from Plentywood, Montana, so she would. I bet she could beat him in a round of pool. That's for sure. Well, know. she she could stand up to Willie's weed too, guarantee. Yeah, she, she could take. Him. She might come down and take you out for putting putting those kind of rumors out there on the radio right now, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, you, you saw that. You saw that last time in 2018. It did not matter. John Tester has made the calculation that he's going to side with the left because he doesn't think the rubes here in Montana are ever going to know his actual stances on things and how he votes. So uh, – what he does up there in D.C. is completely the size with the left, but then comes back here to Montana and all his ads and, you know, with his with his
1: three fingers and, you know, in his, in his dirty shirt and driving in his pickup truck and telling you that he's like you. The Yeah. And the other thing, Bill Malusion is is where I saw this yesterday via Twitter. Sixty billion dollars with a B for Ukraine in this uh, so-called border deals uh, when it really would only make our border invasion worse. But you think about that. $60 billion is how much money they want to give to another country, and yet that is bigger than the entire annual budget requested by the United States Marine Corps. He will give more money to another country, one single country, than to our entire United States Marine Corps. Absolutely crazy. Sean in Kalispell, what do you want to talk about this morning? He's on, oh, he's on a different line. Okay, I got the wrong line there. First, he's on line three. Okay, sorry, Sean, go ahead.
5: Uh, yes, sir, I try to listen to your story as often as possible, and I've never uh, heard in the times that I have listened uh, anybody speaking about electoral colleges at a state level. Uh, I think, I, I don't know, I'll just use Washington as an example. The Seattle makes uh, dictates exactly how the state's going to vote, and nobody else in the uh, or in the uh, Washington population has a, a say-so in the matter. Can you explain why the individual states don't have their own electoral college?
1: Yeah, some sort of a mechanism, basically, what you're saying. I, I, I see where you're coming from. Where's the mechanism that that protects rural Montana from being run by the university districts of of missoula and bozeman right is that, is that kind of a good way to sum up your concern just like we have an electoral college and and the united states senate versus the house the u.s house is based on popular uh on population the senate every state gets two so that that way rural america doesn't get run over by new york city and los angeles so so why don't we have a system more like that at the state level is that kind of a good way to sum up what you're saying
5: uh, yes, sir. It is.
1: Yeah. No, I. I uh, and, and how would you envision that looking? Because uh, I could give one example, but how how would you envision that?
5: You know. that I, I would think that each county within the state will just for, for the purposes of this conversation, we'll use Washington or, or Montana or whatever. Each county within the state gets one electoral vote or how that state is going to vote on on whatever it may be, whether it be a presidential election or or something that's going through uh, uh, at a state level. This way, everybody within that state has an actual say-so instead of just a population of uh, Billings or or Bozeman or Seattle uh, dictates because they have more votes. As, as, as in regards to population, yeah, than the rest of the state,
1: perhaps. Well, like like for example, one idea I have it, Sean. Thanks, thanks for that question, um, and thanks for putting that on. That's why we love taking phone calls because, yeah, I mean, you know, you're sitting back there thinking, "Hey, how come nobody's ever talked about this?" Well, hey, that's great. Call in, and then you, you get it on the radar. So, uh, John Jackson, my, my thoughts are are two. I don't know if we'd want to have an electoral college like system for say electing governor, like we have for president, right? You know, but when it comes to our Supreme Court. We have what some refer to right now as an I-90 corridor court where basically the, the, the justices on the court come from this town, this town, and this town, and they're all in this little bubble. What if we had regional representation where – just like on our public service commission where you have a northeast Montana seat, you have a southwest Montana seat. Our Supreme Court could be the same way. So that way where you don't just have these judges from the big cities in the west dictating – and, and, and you never get a voice on the court from, say, you know, southeast Montana, uh, for example. The other way I could see this playing out is, hey, could we more model our state Senate and, and state House like, like Congress in the sense that, OK, maybe the Montana House is based off of population. But maybe for the state Senate, we, we base it based off of counties so that smaller and, – and I say that because think of like a Valley County, Montana versus a Yellowstone County, Montana. Um, they they probably have as much county road equipment. This is what I heard at the at the Mackers convention last year. A county like Valley County, Montana, is going to need as much road equipment to fix roads and repair roads, county roads, as a Yellowstone County is going to need because of the size and because of uh, all the money that's made off of agriculture, et cetera. So. But, any, but yet they can be run over by the larger population centers. No thoughts. Uh, you know, your caller is absolutely right, and you see
2: that all over the country, particularly say – I'll give you an example like Pennsylvania is one. New York is another one. Say Pennsylvania, you've got Philly. And Pittsburgh that control electorally control the whole state and people that live out in the rural areas of Pennsylvania will tell you it's almost as if their vote doesn't count. They get absolutely overruled. It's the tyranny of the cities like our, our founders talked about happens in New York. Same thing. You got New York City and the New York County that control the electoral uh, progress of the entire states, and it does not seem fair. It really doesn't. It, looking back, you prob- probably should have had an electoral system for states.
1: Well, and it's a reminder that we are a republic, not just a democracy. We are a republic designed to prevent mob rule, with the idea that, hey, if, just because Missoula wants to take away your Second Amendment rights doesn't mean they can. Uh, and, and, even if there was a majority vote to vote, to take away your second amendment rights, they can't because we have constitutional rights that protect from mob rule. Uh, I, I want to go back to this conversation we had about Toby Keith in the Afghanistan song, cause I think it ties in with a story out of Iran, a porn star, a pornography star from the United States visits Iran despite warnings. Of possible wrongful detention by the State Department, I'll get to that here in a second. But first, let's go to Frank in Evergreen. Frank, what's on your mind?
5: Oh,
4: in the last I, in the last hour, there was a the last caller was talking about Mark Roscoe, and I have to agree with a lot of what he, exactly what he said. And he doesn't represent a lot of the Northwest Montana at all. It's, in fact, where he's from, Libby, area where he grew up. He wasn't very well liked on his stance on, uh, asbestos related disease, uh, with the W.R. Grace Company's exposure to the community. And he, uh, he said he used to play with it and, uh, as a kid and didn't hurt him at none. And, uh, he just, uh, an arrogant airhead. And, uh, um, and then he says, I am a long distance runner and I'm just tough, you know, and he, he pulls himself up by his old shoelaces or whatever. But by God, no, he was, a uh, summers he didn't work in he he worked in the highway department all over montana so he didn't have to really get that much
1: exposure in his lifetime well i mean i think here. i think he's got an interesting background but but what what's crazy about mark roscoe is well first off do you think anybody in montana really even remembers who mark roscoe is I mean, he would he would come oh out he would come out and endorse Joe Biden, and he'd endorse this guy and endorse that guy, and off, most of, most of the time, whoever he endorsed would lose. <laughs> John, John Snow, and it's like uh, guys like i don 't even know if people remember who the Governor was four years ago, let alone thirty years ago uh, you know almost almost thirty years ago now
2: well the, who he is is he 's a bushy, and you see all those bushies have now been exposed in the Trump era for not you couldn 't even call him an eighty percent rhino he 's like Back in his day, he might as well have been a Democrat cause some of the things you hear him say and some of the things you, you, you hear him endorse.
1: But now Roscoe, who endorsed Joe Biden, is is supporting the effort to remove Donald J. Trump from the ballot. There it is. Wow. Oh, and I'll bet it's because of democracy removing a candidate from the ballot. So people can't even vote for that candidate. And yet they'll somehow try to say that that's about democracy. By the way, he also has, um, you know, family members that are working that, that have jobs inside of the Biden administration right now. And I'm sure he still makes a bunch of money off of being a consultant. And it's like. Hey, hey, good for you, but you probably shouldn't be, you know, trying to remove candidates off the ballot, especially in the name of democracy. All right. Hey, we got to take a quick break. We'll get back to more callers right after this. This is where Montana talks at with Lane Nordland.
6: One of the top issues debated at CattleCon in Orlando last week dealt with livestock traceability. During the Animal Health Committee meeting, members of the National Cattlemen's Beef Association set policy on that very topic. Ethan Lane, Vice President of Government Affairs with the NCBA, says traceability is not a new item for the organization.
2: Historically, that policy hasn't taken a position on voluntary adoption by the industry or mandatory implementation of that through USDA. The debate this week in the building was really over where we go from here.
6: NCBA state affiliates like the Montana Stock Growers Association support a voluntary national traceability system. Montana Stock Growers President John Grandy says it's important for education on disease traceability. Ability to also occur in the countryside. How does a disease
5: outbreak issue, if we should have something like foot and mouth, how does that differ from what we can trace back just through brand inspections? Very different things. So so we need more education. We need to have that conversation. But at, the, at this point, anything
2: very mandatory, we're going to be opposed to it.
6: During the policymaking process, that was the consensus producers agreed upon, a voluntary national traceability system.
2: Where we landed was pretty close to where we started. It's still a voluntary policy. We believe this should be industry driven. Look, it's coming. We're seeing this rulemaking. We support the use of those electronic ID tags. We want to educate about why that's important. But we want to make sure they're paid for, and we want to make sure that we're charting that course rather than being subject to a government mandate.
6: I'm Wayne
0: Talking about the issues that matter to Montana statewide, this is Montana Talks
1: with Aaron Flint. All right, we got a couple callers on the phone lines, and, uh, and and some phone lines open for you as well. Four zero six two nine four zero nine seventy plus John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter side, kicking with us here. I gotta play at least one more Toby Keith song uh, for you here today. <laughs> brought to you courtesy by the red white and blue there by the great toby keith uh, uh frank and malta shared a, a, a great story with us here from from rye uh rye uh is the uh, is with kmmr in malta mustang radio there in malta and uh, So when Rye, Rye was a uh, combat controller in Afghanistan, right, Rye, Uh, which is an incredible job. Uh, Anyway, he was a combat controller in the Air Force. But when he was in Afghanistan, he said that Toby Keith was there putting on a show. And what was really cool is that Toby Keith, he would greet every single one of the troops personally he would go shake every one of their hands he wouldn't just go up on stage do a show and ah hey hey hey, shake five six hands and then go back to the green room he would shake every single hand while he was there so anyway that's a great story that was shared from ryan malta oh that is cool i
2: i remember being that and that is such a big deal to troops you're over there for God knows how long they got you working twelve hours a day, you know, uh, seven days a week. You're, you're, twelve hours a day, you oh, must yeah. have been a fed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're, Trying you're,
2: eighteen, yeah. you're, you're, you're jammed in there like you know, you're, you're jammed into barracks with God knows how many guys, and you know hardly any entertainment or any relief from that. And you get an entertainer that comes in to give you a concert, like the, when I was at bagram they had the WWF come in. Oh, the well, that had, had to be entertaining. In. Oh, that was, I mean. That was just the biggest, bestest thing ever. When those guys
1: Fagram always had entertainment. I mean, it was it like oh, yeah. salsa night every Tuesday or something? <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: well, we didn't like, get we didn't get porn stars like I read, yeah. but you know, salsa was pretty good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. What do you think this is? Vietnam? What? Did, yeah. Remember, Vietnam was crazy. They got oh, the Playboy, Playboy girls. bunnies would oh, yeah. show up on a Huey helicopter. <laughs> Oh yeah. Good night. Uh, I, but, okay, this porn star reference. Okay, a fortunate son and Lucas Schubert, stand by. We'll get to you here in just a second. So we were talking about, we were playing the Taliban song, and, you know, you know, me and my wife had this great life until they came in, and they make her wear this scarf over her head. So women in Iran have been brutally treated by the Tehran uh, terrorist regime there, right? But Iran, much like Afghanistan, before, as you pointed out, before Jimmy Carter screwed up American foreign policy so bad and the Shah got ousted and and then the the terrorists took over Iran, Iran was actually a a peaceful, modern place. And then the the terrorists took over and brought them back into the Stone Ages. But, yeah, women used to be able to have freedoms in, in Tehran and they were friendly with America. So an American porn star who engages in pro-Palestinian advocacy, traveled to Iran despite warnings from the U.S. State Department and the possibility that she could be arrested just because of her porn star occupation alone. But, of course, uh, she didn't have any problems. She, because she is one of the useful idiots that's pushing their pro-Iran, pro-Palestinian propaganda. So, I, so Tehran made sure that she was safe while she was there. But a couple of Iranian women... Uh, have been criticizing the, the, the Iranian government over this. Iranian actor uh, Satara Pesyani uh, uh, criticized Iran's mandatory headscarf policy. You punish people of this country in various methods for removal of hijab, but you allow a porn actress to come here for tourism? Uh, activist Masa Alinajad who Iran has targeted in assassination and kidnapping attacks, also criticized uh, this visit. We, the women of Iran, want to be like Rosa Parks and not Whitney Wright. The true warmongers are the agents of the Islamic Republic who will execute you if you be true to yourself. I don't understand any of that from either side, okay?
2: The Iranians, what what, what what? big propaganda push do you get from a porn star coming over there advocating for your side, okay? And then from her side, who, who if you're her, okay, even if you get, you're st- you haven't even got on a plane yet, and you've, you're being given all the assurances from the Iranian government that, oh, no, we're going to protect you, you're our guest,
1: blah, blah. Do you believe them? Do you take their word at that? Oh, uh, hell no! I, I was almost going to do an unwoke spinoff of Hanoi Jane and talk about Hanoi. Never, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Ooh, well, never mind.
2: Yeah, okay. We—it's
1: a family show. <laughs> Fortunate <laughs> son, one of uh, one of our great Twitter friends on the phone lines right now. Fortunate son, what's on your mind?
5: Good morning, John, and
1: hey, hey wrong. I've done messed up. Thank you.
5: Hey, I just, uh, you know, earlier in the show, you guys touched on the border. I just think it's um, uh, great timing. Great timing on, you know, our squish governor, Republican governor, Greg Abbott, to uh, finally uh, get some attention on this matter. I mean, you know, ever since I, you know, I'm a, a cop in South Texas, uh, you know, as long as I can remember, the border's been an issue. But uh, now it looks like we got some great, uh, great uh, focus on the issue. It's, it's killed that. Uh, Nasty piece of legislation and and um you know we've got stuff going on at c n n sixty minutes I mean you name it
1: no that's a you know what that's a great point, so yeah, fortunate son, one of your Twitter friends from down in the great state of Texas, the other end of the cattle drive from montana uh so yeah fortunate son thanks for calling in so john this is this is an important point that he just made right there, so uh 14 i think it was governors went down to texas this weekend to stand in solidarity with texas including montana governor greg gianforte so the big news uh montana senator steve Daines, a leader in the senate right now as the head of the nrsc came out and said he is a no on this immigration bill and i think that it was one of the final nails in the coffin that put this thing uh to rest and then now Mitch McConnell's in full retreat saying, no, don't vote for this bill. Don't vote for this bill. Speaker Mike Johnson said came out and said unequivocally dead on arrival. But also, I think hats off to these governors who went down to Texas to stand in solidarity with Texas. I, I think it's fortunate at some point out there they deserve some credit in blocking this uh, sham of a, a so-called border bill as well. You've seen what's
2: happening. If you watch Bill Malusian's reporting down there, he's been the ace reporter down there for Fox for months and you know six months or a year. And You watch, he said in the last three weeks or a month, the crossings and the encounters there on the Texas border have dropped dramatically. And you know why? It's because the Biden regime is telling all those people, divert, divert abort abort go through arizona go through california we are getting too much bad publicity and with this whole fight with abbott in texas so they're diverting to other states
1: that's right and 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 the chinese tiktok app is is the app they're using to know which exact holes they can sneak in through in those locations as well good point next up on the phone lines let's go to lucas schubert in kalispell lucas great to hear from you what do you want to talk about this morning
6: Hey, yeah, it's Lucas Schubert, candidate for state house. And uh, I just wanted what you were talking about earlier. my The main thing I want to talk about is the judge. But it's so funny because you have these liberals where when Putin takes his candidates off the ballot, they freak out and say, oh, this is why we need to send hundreds of billions to Ukraine. But then meanwhile, here in the U.S., they support taking their opponents off the ballot.
1: Yeah, so Venezuela is the common. same. The Biden the Biden regime is threatening Venezuela with sanctions if they don't allow the opposing candidate to stay on the ballot there at the same time they push this here.
6: Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but the, the main thing I wanted to talk about was, so with the CFS case where that kid was taken away from her parents by Child Family Services, the judge in that case gave custody of the child over to CFS because the judge thought that it would be in the child's best interest to transition. And then that's part of why the judge gave the custody over to CFS in the first place. So I'm, because uh, last time I called in, I was mostly discussing how DPHHS, uh, I guess, allowed this to happen. Uh, but they did create a rule change, I believe. I saw it on Montana Talks. Um, There's an article. So that's good. That's definitely positive. But the fact that you have these judges that are running as nonpartisan and going around and taking kids from their families in order to transition them is completely awful. And we need to change that. This I literally, I mean, I've, I've called into the show a couple of times talking about this, but practically every issue in this state that is not yet resolved is thanks to the far left judiciary and so many Republicans in the legislature defended them, including my opponent. So we really need to take this seriously next session because um, I know you were talking about the uh, regional judge elections, yeah. Because that would increase representation. Well, guess who struck that? Because that law passed the legislature, but surprise, surprise, the Supreme Court, the judiciary, they struck it down. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know? they, they have a way. And, and then recently, the the Montana Supreme Court uh, did the judicial gymnastics of. Uh, no, now we're going to make taxpayers give money to our lawyer buddies. So you've got, I think Jeff Lasloff at the Montana Family Foundation summed it up best. He said, You've basically got leftist justices giving your taxpayer money to leftist lawyers, to their buddies. How corrupt. Hold that thought, Lucas. We'll come back to you.
0: Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint.
1: Hey, if you call right now, we uh, we might be able to sneak you on before we run out of time here. 406-294-0970. I don't even know what we got coming up for tomorrow's show yet. But, hey, later this week, Friday, we're going to be live from the Gate Show in Glendive. So uh, all of our Glendive friends, come down and see us Friday morning. I'll be set up early. So come down, see us, join us on the mic, or just stop in and say hi. Gate Show's always a great time. Uh, Back to Lucas Schubert in Kalispell. So, uh, yeah, Lucas, uh, uh, for those who, who aren't tracking the story he's talking about, there was this Glasgow, Montana family that that claims that that their daughter was removed from their home because of of a disagreement over gender dysphoria, gender identity. It sounds like suicidal ideation was was the reasoning that the local hospital and uh, Child and Family Services removed the child from home and placed her into a a, uh, psychiatric treatment facility Uh, And and there may be more to that story. We don't know. Um, So it may be more than just that. In fact, I've had some lawyers say it better be more than just that because that is not enough to justify removal, a difference in medical treatment. Lucas, my thing, what I hope the the legislature tackles next is, okay, regardless of of why the child um, may have been removed from the home, why would they they conduct why would they allow a state funded treatment facility to to do this social transitioning, put chest binders on the girl, treat the girl as a boy? Um, I know the state passed a, a law now it was blocked by our liberal judiciary, but they passed a law yep. to protect to protect from the harmful surgeries and hormones and things like that. But I think I think we need some protections on the, the social transitioning as well.
6: I mean, I 100 percent agree, you know, if the opportunity comes up to vote for a bill that would prohibit social transition of children in in medical facilities, 100 percent, especially if it's government funded, especially. But the issue is, and I wanted to touch on this because I don't know how many people really know about this, with the judiciary, what makes it even worse is that the bar, the bar association gets to determine who the lawyers are and you need to be a lawyer in order to be a judge. But guess who controls the rules for the bar? It's the judges that are already there. Mm -hmm. You have a closed cycle of corruption in the current judiciary with no checks and balances on them, and that is we need to break that we need to
1: break that that's a great point not just the judges the corrupt justices and judges that are doing that uh lucas schubert great to hear from you hey john jackson that actually ties in with did you see that story from the federalist that i shared with you uh earlier this morning i you're probably buried in tweets i I sent you a story from the federalist.com effective republican attorneys general get slapped with politicized ethics charges so just like they're trying to remove donald trump from the ballot these leftist judges are trying to remove Montana's attorney general off of the ballot with a phony complaint. But uh, Todd Rakita, that great attorney general from Indiana that we met down at the SHOT Show, they're pulling the same garbage on him. So they're not just trying to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. They're trying to remove Austin Knutson, Todd Rakita, and many others from the ballot because democracy. Well, yeah, and what came out, what's come out with all of this is you see the legal profession
2: is almost what? You put it at 98% percent controlled by the left uh just like medicine just like entertainment just like a lot of these fields and i tell i saw it straight up like with my my own sister went through a terrible divorce years ago and you saw how that system was designed not to ever resolve a case but to feed the judges fed the pockets of the attorneys who then they all sat at the same uh golf club Later that afternoon, they and had contr- drinks together,
1: and contributed to their campaigns yep. and host fundraisers for all. Just
2: one bit, like like uh, the color of sand right there. Just one big corrupt circle.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Mark in Fort Benton. Thanks for your call. What's on your mind?
2: Well, hello.
3: I appreciate your uh, service, Aaron, and, and the show you have, and I listen to it if not every day, not darn near every day. Wow, well,
1: you're Great. too kind. Thanks to all who've served. Thank you.
3: You bet. Now, my idea is this that I told. You're a person answering the phone that I said, you know, Abbott and um, the governors will have a great meeting, and I support Gianforte in attending that meeting. That was wonderful. But I don't think Governor Abbott or any other governors that are sending migrants to other areas of our country are quite – they're missing the boat just a little bit. I think the next step is to send these migrants that keep coming and coming to the homes of Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, Adam Schiff, George Soros. Send it to those people right to their homes and see how open doors their homes are to welcome all these migrants right into their homes. Well, why not down they're to Obama. Big Sandy?
1: Why not down to Big and Sandy Oaks, there as well? I Johnson, mean, uh,
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a lot of room on that farm for a whole ton of migrants. He can
1: clear out some of those weeds that uh, that he's allowed to sprung weeds. up. And, yeah, uh, I do uh, we uh,
3: stuff. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. And don't forget Obama, too. Send them right to the houses. Drop them off at their front doors. Yeah. Let's see how welcoming they are for that if they're so worried about are so willing to leave our borders open. What about their homes?
1: Well, they've got walls and guys with guns uh, protecting them around their homes, so...
3: Well, so what? Put them right out there in the front <laughs> door and let's see how their neighbors
1: like it. That's right. Mark, great to hear from you. Thanks so much for the phone call. Always great to hear from friends in Fort Benton. Uh, uh, John, uh, we're just about out of time here, but uh, man, who the heck was it? Oh, I, I saw a story. So apparently Joe Biden, his team is trying to keep photos of the classified documents that he had in his garage hidden because they're afraid they're going to make Joe Biden look bad. They're so They're so worried about this report.
2: That's gonna come out on that. Gee whiz, there, Joe! You know what? Republicans
1: get indicted. Democrats get reports. I saw that tweet from the other day. What a great! That was a great line you shared. Yep, uh, say it again for us. One more time for Republicans those Republicans in get indicted. Democrats get reports. As Rush Limbaugh would say.
6: <laughs>